Alright, I'm gonna go ahead and kill that, because that, the way I wired this up did not appear to work. So yeah, that sounded like garbage. I thought it would be, like, fun, but no, it's not. So, uh, I'm really bad at Name That Tune. Like, I know that's a song I know, but I can't place it. Uh, it's It's been a so, while by Stained, so I thought right. that would be yeah. poignant for this particular venture. But It's been a while. What, like six weeks or something? It's been five, and I would like to appreciate the couple of Facebook messages and emails I got. Because, I mean, look, that keeps me going. That keeps me doing this. The fact that, I mean, I see we have X amount, same amount of listeners every month. And uh, the fact that people actually reach out and like, hey, uh, I'm just, just wondering, like, how's it going? Are you guys going to do it at the show? And it's like, oh, shit. You mean people actually listen to this? All right, cool. Anyway, so uh, this is the Chance of Gaming podcast. This is episode 86. I'm Adam. And... I'm- with me always is Richard. Hey everyone, this is Rich. Who's from St. Louis. This is Chance of Gaming. I'm Roman Mars. Roman <laughs> Mars, okay. Uh, adult film star Roman Mars is, is <laughs> joining us. Did I do it as sexy as he did? Is, is joining us today. I mean, that totally sounds like a um, an adult uh, film star name. But I don't know. Sorry, this is, this is Roy. So do you guys uh, listen to 99% Invisible? It's another podcast. There Not are all the time. I, I have heard some to. episodes of it. Okay. I really dig his voice. I mean, he's got a, a, a voice made for radio for sure. Okay. Uh, do, do you a guys... face made for video. He's a handsome guy. Do you guys listen to uh, Behind the Bastards? No. Yes. Okay. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Could you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me. Okay. For your Malcolm in the Middle fans. Anyway. Uh, I, I really, that, that's a really big podcast that is well produced, and I turned a friend of mine mm-hmm. onto it, and uh, because the, I think the current... Well, you turned me onto it. Yes. Uh, another friend, because the, he's currently talking about Chris Chan, uh, this whole internet from phenomenon, whatever, and I, I honestly, uh, you know, when I look at that... Even the It's Always Sunny podcast, I look at that, I'm like, damn, that, that is so fucking well-produced, it's beautiful, it sounds mm-hmm. great, whatever. My friend <laughs> my friend listened to it, it's like, that's the worst uh, podcast I've ever heard. It's almost unlistenable. And I'm like... Which one, It's Always Sunny? No, uh, oh. uh, Behind the Bastards. And I'm oh, like... okay, okay. And I, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, oh my god, if you think that's bad, wait do you listen, listen to, to this. Ours. Yes, I know. <laughs> wait, is it the, what, the You're Not So Smart guy? Uh, no, 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 it's, it's my friend okay. Chris, the guy I do uh, okay. D- DCC with, and uh, he was like, oh, yeah, nah, that's like, he's like, I could barely stand to listen to that. And I'm like, oh, shit, so, okay, so my podcast is garbage, that's all I know. <laughs> that's exactly what you said, so, uh, yeah. We're an acquired taste. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like, because, man, his voice, he absolutely, Robert, whatever his name is. Um, Robert Evans. Yep. Yeah, he has. I, yeah, I agree. He has a terrible voice, and I I hate the ads. Well, no, I was going to say he has a fantastic voice, and I fucking love how, oh, really? he, how yeah. he tosses. He has a very deep voice. It sounds very, and I don't hear a lot of uhs from him and, and whatnot. I mean, uh, my friend's complaint was also, like, he gets a guest on and doesn't tell them, like, what it's about. But I think that's, like, his gimmick, though. Well, okay, I want to jump in here a little bit. Yeah. And say that they did a, a, he did a crossover episode with one of my favorite podcasts, The Dollop. 
about Henry Kissinger. Was a was a five part series? Oh, I have that downloaded. Hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, but, I mean, feel free. To I really dig the dollar. It's the same format. That that one guy's total goes into it totally cold. Uh, okay, so I mean, both comedians. So yeah, yeah. I've, look, if there were a bunch of comedians that I knew, I would have them on here all the time to talk about like board games <laughs> and and tabletop games. It's like ah, so what do you think of the new version of 40k, Bill Burr? It's like well, you know, I'm just blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> Shit, that does remind I, me. I, I was so happy. I told a joke or two. I yeah. I was so happy on fucking uh, May the 4th. You know, May the 4th be with you, blah, blah, blah. My um, Star Wars black figure for whatever Bill Burr's character in The Mandalorian came in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, Boston. Yeah, yes. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. It's beautiful. You take his helmet off, it looks exactly like Bill Burr. <laughs> And that day, we had an RPG session at my local store, Vans Comic, Vans Comics and Cards. And all I did with the whole fucking time was Bill Burr bits with this fucking um, uh, action figure in my hand. Yes, it's great. So, it's out there. You know, Vans ought to cut you a check. No. I, I know. It's you mentioned him. Mayfield, what, I think, what, whatever his name was. You know, he's from Space Boston. You know, oh, yeah. And, yeah, had a lot, <laughs> had a lot of fun with that. Anyway. So yeah, this is our little show. Um, What's the show about? Uh, it's rough. Stuff. I mean, I mean, basically, <laughs> it's, it's the stuff that we're doing. I mean, basically, it, it's the three of us and what we do and whatnot. So uh, I have a convention coming in. Shit, when is it? Is it October? I think. I don't know. It, it's linked in the show notes. You can figure it out. Siege of Vicksburg. Uh, I'll pay it off this week, and we'll be good. I have a Patreon, and I more or less out of guilt release things on Patreon a good three or four days before uh, I release it on Twitter for the rest of you and uh, yeah I'll be at North Texas RPG Con in I think about a month or no I think about three weeks I'll be there and I'm excited to do a lot of uh, old school role playing and whatever I think we'll do one episode right before then and I'll talk about the different um games and stuff i'll be in I, and I, so if you go listeners look for the handmade t-shirt oh oh well okay no no no. i i did okay i actually have uh, that's been a thing if you follow us on twitter at chance of gaming i i may have posted some shitty D D art work that i did for my uh dungeon crawl classics uh group and wanted to make it into a t-shirt and goodman games wisely said no so uh (laughs) they i i they did allow me to print it for personal use so i have one and i'll end up wearing it uh it actually came in today and i've got a big kick out of it like just it's hysterical my my friend remarked it was like you're gonna wear that and people are gonna ask you did you draw that Uh, no they're gonna ask you oh so your kid drew that for you right no, it was me. I cannot draw. So there you go. Anyway, but more important than that, uh, we're going to follow Beat Me in St. Louis, the BDSM um, uh, convention that is coming to St. Louis, Missouri. And Don't say was, coming like that. That's vulgar. Oh, I didn't even mean, mean to make that joke. We're, we're pretty sure that Rich is a founding member. Uh, look, what if it happens the same what if it's in the like the same locale as historic KC Fest? Wouldn't that be hysterical? 
like you know well, you know you do know that st louis and kansas city are two different cities right Ah, you say that but you know <laughs> it's that's not true so, one's like right there by the other and it's the whole thing and yeah I, yeah, heard I can't get I this link to work, so from. unfortunately I'm not going to be able oh. to register for Beat Me in St. Louis. Uh, so. uh, look, Man. Rich, that's probably for the best. I really think you in St. It's... Louis should not have that in your internet history. So Yeah, it's probably like my security software protecting me. No, <laughs> you you really don't want to click this. Yeah. Well, it finally loaded for me, and it's just a crawl of, um, what, three or four different images. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's all it One is. One of which is a little bit racy, but that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we will continue to follow its progress. Beat me in St. <laughs> Louis. I just fucking love that that title. And, you know, and look, I'm I'm not going to kink shame. You know, whatever. Between consenting adults. Do you think, you uh, I just do you think someone came up with the name of the convention and it's like, yeah, that's too good to not actually have? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think... That's I, why it's there. Yeah. I, I it was it was auto corrected on someone's phone and like oh now we need to do it. I I really think it would be a guy who was outside of you know just at like eight o'clock on a Thursday night just pounding um, PBRs and or what what's the night what's the beer of St Louis it's not PBR boy the pause after pounding was uh, I know was it, volumes it was so what's the, the beer, beer of St Louis, Louis? Yeah. there's a no lot idea. of answers to that question you I think if you're from outside St Louis you're probably going to say something like Budweiser or Bush inside St Louis there's a lot of better options okay so he's pounded Bud heavies and he <laughs> and he's like you know what it would make a really good uh you know thing it would beat me in St Louis fuck I gotta do that and you know he went out and registered it and that dude owns several fedoras. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his made... name is. D- Mr. Does he live in Florida? Mister, why? <laughs> <laughs> do we need a Missouri man like Florida man? Yeah, we do, we do we do fedoras. We need somebody from maybe like in Homestead, Florida. <laughs> you, you're not because gonna... I'm not going to say the name, and you're not going to say the name because. Ah. I mean, look, I mean, look, I could say it because I know it's not. He's not listening. Nobody, you know, he knows is listening anyway. But you know, it's just, <laughs> that's why it's funny. Is and look, I've I've had that. I actually got a notice the other yesterday that this was my 12 year anniversary on Twitter. So I have been doing the Chance of Gaming podcast for in various forms for 12 years now. I mean, uh, and yeah, this is we've I think, only been around. We've been around a while. Have you been cheating on us? Uh, well, I mean, you were you were uh, Mrs. Right we now. Were the, we were the Renaissance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, the, we're like the trophy wives. Of, yes, uh... this, is, this is the <laughs> longest I've had. Uh, I think, and it's been good for to, for me to meet some randos off Reddit. You know, don't don't do this. <laughs> don't try this at home, kids. Don't meet randos off Reddit. So you know, there you go. Anyway, so uh, in television. Fuck, uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, Apple TV Plus, but Severance blew my mind. It took me a good two episodes to get into it, three episodes to understand what it was, and all the way to the end was absolutely fantastic. And I highly so recommend it. I'm partway into episode one, and I, sorry to say I, I fell asleep. Yeah, I mean, it, I think look, more speaks to me being sleepy. 
I mean, just I mean, you gotta give it a bit to get into, and it's great. It's absolutely fucking great. But yeah. But more importantly, who is on season eleven of It's Always Sunny? I'm on like season fifteen now. Oh, I started really? watching the show like three months ago. <laughs> I'm I'm into I'm I'm deep into season fourteen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, I'm in fifteen now. I mean, the look, one I watched recently was uh, A Woman's Right to Chop, which I thought oh, yeah. was a, a nice uh, um, you know metaphor for abortion rights and things. Yeah, the last few seasons have a lot of uh, metaphor episodes, if you want to call them that. Yes. Yeah. It, it, look, I love the podcast because I, I listen to it and I go, oh, they're just like us. They start talking about <laughs> something and they get off on a tangent. And then they're like, okay, we're done and that's it. <laughs> I'm like, yay, it's great. Uh, but it, I, <laughs> I do also appreciate the rewatch thing where they're like, eh, do you think we could get away with this episode today? And they're like, mm, no, we couldn't. We would have to adjust <laughs> something or whatever. Yeah, that that kind of shit is for like really entertaining. Well, and Danny DeVito, that dude, he really nails disgusting. Like, you know, how oh, much yeah. of a, of a just a gross, you know, he's just little he's just man. fantastic on that show. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, talk about a renaissance bringing his, and it's not like, I mean, he was always around. Everyone knew who he was, but to come back on this show is, it was just a perfect character for him. Yeah. I love how they joke on the podcast about dis- discovering this guy, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really fun. They're like, oh yeah, we found this guy called Danny DeVito. We put him on. We gave him his big break. <laughs> so uh, they need to get him on there. Yeah, I yeah I would I wanna, absolutely. I want to I want to hear them. Yeah. I honestly, damn, I I would just appreciate if Danny DeVito had his own podcast where he just talked about what he did that week. Like, well, I went to, you know, the grocery store. They didn't have the bread I wanted. I had to settle for this, and mm-hmm. I bought some bananas. Mm-hmm. It would be fantastic. You know, I would love it. Well, him and uh, Real Perlman would be, that'd be kind of cool to hear them talk about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whenever I rewatch Sunny, I skip the first season and just go into, I start with season two, which is where DeVito comes in, because I oh. really, really think he's the glue, like, around. It's uh, like uh like Parks and Recreation, you know the the first season is not great with with Mark Brandano, Brandanowicz, yeah, yep. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, it's it's him and D are the only people that are not producing slash. I'm sorry, they're the only people that are not writing the show, so they actually show up as actors, you know, to do things. Oh yeah, and so yeah. It, they talk about it's easier for them because they show up later and they just do their thing and then leave where, you know, the rest of them are, you know, writing, they show up early and blah, 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 blah. Just interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, season 13 with, uh, um, Mac finds his pride. I was, uh, that kind of floored me. It was a, it was a very lovely episode and there was a, the, I thought the, uh, the, the modern dance at the end was pretty cool, but oh. man, it's, it's weird to see Mac, go from you know a big fat shit in season four or five or whatever it is to like absolutely ripped in uh season 13 yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and uh that is a really good episode that ends really solid you know just like fuck how did this not win an emmy 
and I will right. co- I'll also continue to go without spoiling if you um, actually uh, go if, if you're caught up with the series the last season how fucking Charlie Day doesn't win an Emmy is is beyond me I oh. I, I was oh. amazed absolutely amazed at like how good it was so I'm, I'm getting there I'm yeah I'm, I'm deep in season 14 I'm, he's my favorite anyway. I love listening to him on the podcast. I love, I love his voice, just the way you know he says things because everything yeah, he says sounds like Charlie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet by I think it was Rob McElhaney. So it might have been earlier this year or something, but it basically said you know we're now like the longest running live action, just something like that. And then it just said, "What the hell is wrong with you people?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's another thing I love because I love Mythic Quest. I love how he's like, oh yeah, I have this other show called Mythic Quest, and they go like, what's that? What mm-hmm. what show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, and crickets on that show too. So uh, yeah, he is. He's good. Uh, so who watched Briggsby Bear? That was me. I watched that. Fuck. That was another charming movie. It's so good. It's so good. It has such an original idea for it that I got yeah. sucked completely into it. I didn't know it was done by the Lonely Island crew, but it's fantastic. Yeah, well, so um, uh, Andy Samberg is in it, in a little bit part, too. I'm sure... So, you... Brings Me Fair... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sure you've heard me say before, one of my favorite movies of all time is an Andy Samberg vehicle called Hot Rod. Hot Rod, yep. I have not seen it, although it really, when I saw the trailers for it, it really felt like... Um, uh, it felt like Dumb and Dumber to me, which it, is a movie that I will always watch. You know, if I happen to see it, I'll always stop and watch it. It's so, it's so damn good. Infinitely quotable. Yeah, just so. Anyway. So, uh, Brigsby Bear is about this, this kid that was... So he's 25 when the show opens, or when the movie opens, but he was abducted when he was like three or four. And so he lives out in the desert with this uh, people that abducted him. And so they keep him in this bubble, and they tell him that like the 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 world outside is irradiated and contaminated. So that it's he's living in this post-apocalyptic um, charade, I guess. And his father, or his 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 abductee father, goes off site, and he makes this this kids show called Brigsby Bear. And um, every week, he gets a VHS tape with. I don't know, maybe five episodes of this of this kid's show that's educational, but it grows up with him. Well, then eventually, and this is all this is not really spoiling anything. Um, at the beginning of the of the movie, the police come and they bust him, and he is re- reunited to his family, to his actual family. And so this guy who's grown up in this vacuum is suddenly thrust into the real world. And he's he's pretty bereft and pretty lost of as far as like, um, you know, what do I do with my life? And he decides that he wants to make this Brigsby Bear movie. And it's a very um, charming movie about him kind of connecting with uh, the actual world and still trying to cling on to this bubble life that he had um, when he was living out in the desert. So, so uh, Adam, have you seen this? Yes, yes, I have. You did. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
What's I, your What's your interpretation of it? I just your I mean I loved it uh, because it it tapped into a few things for me. Retrofuturism was one thing because it's kind of like uh, I think the guy came in, you know, because it, it, it looks when they're shooting the thing and like the whole uh, bunker he was in reminded me of like seventies sci fi, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it just seemed I just loved it. I thought it was a fantastic idea for a film. You know. There was that movie with um, uh, Christopher Walken and um, oh, who was the guy who was in the Mummy? Blast from the Past. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Same sort Brenda of Fraser. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Same sort of premise. Yeah, that's what I was uh, when you described this. That's the movie I was thinking of. I haven't seen either, yeah. but I remember hearing about that one at least. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, it's the the main character just kind of. I don't know. He finds his people, even though he's he's kind of lived in this bubble all his life. That's true. So it's got uh, Greg Kinnear is in it too, as the uh, the police detective that kind of befriends him, and um, um, I'll feel like a dumbass now that I forget this name. Luke Skywalker. Mark. Hamill. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. <laughs> Damn it! All right. A little he actor. A Some part. of you might have heard of him. Right, yeah. <laughs> just a, just yeah. a small actor. He was, you know, just in a couple. He played of the films. Joker. You may have heard of him. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a couple. Of, <laughs> he was in a couple of small films in the seventies and eighties. You know, nothing big. Yeah. Really. So, so Mark Hamill's in a, in a in a somewhat small part, and I won't spoil who that is. But yeah, I I highly recommend it. How did you find it? Because I always think I I seek out weird shit. And that's how yep. I find it. So I'm just curious. It how was you just found it. so it was on. It was recommended to me on Hulu. Okay. So I thought this looks kind of interesting. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I could see, yeah, that kind of weird shit there in Hulu. But yeah, so. And, so I've been. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, oh, are you watching Halo? Yes. Although I'm not nearly as deep as they are right now, um, and. Um, it's you know so i've seen maybe three episodes of it and i i you know there's there's a lot of backstory that is kind of unspoken um there's there's characters that that, where they throw out the name and i think if you're deep in the halo lore it probably means something to you but to me it doesn't really um but then there was quite the hue and cry recently because this latest episode um Master Chief gets laid, so yeah, that's uh, there's a little, a little bit of griping over that. Is he supposed to canonically be a virgin, or well, what? I've never played the game. Well, I get, I have played it a little bit, but not enough. I, I definitely am not into the lore. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, a lot of people are really upset by it. Well, I mean, okay, people I, are upset on the internet. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, crazy. I, I'm not, you know into halo like super big i haven't even played like probably the last two games but um yeah i had a lot of hopes for this uh thing because i I mean i love sci-fi anyway the first episode is just baller i fucking love it you see spartans drop in and kick the shit out of the covenant and it's just amazing and all this cool stuff but i mean i get that that kind of shit is expensive it's just fucking weird for me to like okay well here's annoying character b and we're gonna have a whole episode about her 
And then we're going to... Yeah, a Master Chief getting laid was super fucking weird. Because, okay, they're... This is kind of alternate timeline Halo because they're not following the books. And, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, how do you drop the ball this fucking bad uh, with a, you know, uh, a big uh, IP like this? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense at all. But, yeah, they did. So, um, I'm going to kind of keep watching it not it's not a hate watch for me but i'm just wanting to just kind of <laughs> see where it's going because some parts are neat but yeah i'm mm -hmm. it's just really really weird but yeah anyway so uh -oh. while we're talking about tv i was thinking about all of these must-see shows that like well like the halo movie like and i talked about um what was that that film um that was a, a mostly in Korean that had uh, Jimmy, what's his name from It's Always Sunny in it. Um, um. Gosh, I'm going to forget it. Anyway, you know, all these different streaming services have their have their shows that are coming out, and like, there's just too much for me to 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 be current with. Oh yeah, that's how I am. I I don't so watch like, that much TV. I watch a little bit, but I can't keep up. Right. Yeah, so I've, I've, you know, I've kind of resigned myself to, like, that looks cool, but I'm never going to see it. I'm never going to get involved in it. So, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit lamentable. But yeah, whatever. I guess I kind of have a different attitude toward it in that I don't feel the need to keep current. So, like, when you talk about the must-see shows, a lot of it, and maybe it's different because there's not as... There's no water cooler talk at work because no one's together, but people still do talk about the current things online. But most of these shows, mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to be around. They're If they're good, they're still going to be good three, four years from now. So I'm way behind on, on some of these good shows, but it's fine. I mean, I'm Better Call Saul, mm -hmm. I'm watching the latest season that's on Netflix and there's the last season is out you know, on AMC or whatever, but I'm not watching it there. I'll watch it a year or two or now when it comes out on Netflix and it's still going to be just as good. You do lose a right, little yeah. bit of that community, you know, reaction to the latest episode, but it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. And really the, um, must see games and hobbies too. I'm like, yeah, that looks cool, but I just, I don't have the time to commit to that. Right. So I don't know. Well, I'm kind of the exact opposite uh, uh, yeah. uh, watching everything yeah look if it's television i'm all fucking over it i just yeah, but you tell me about stuff and i put it on a list and i get to it in two years sure i get it <laughs> but i i mean i struggle with movies <clears throat> like i still haven't seen the last spider-man movie oh okay because yeah see i have seen that i haven't seen dr strange though and usually Marvel movies I watch when they come out, but I haven't seen Doctor Strange yeah. yet. Um, I haven't seen either one. And, and look, I'm honestly, because it's so late in the game, I'm just waiting for uh, the new Sp the Spider-Man to appear on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I did that with Eternals. I didn't watch that one in Ugh, theaters. I, it could, came... I couldn't even finish and, and, that. And honestly, with that one, I didn't think it was going to be good, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that when it's free. So, I actually have plans, well, I have an idea to go 
see the new uh, Doctor Strange, but I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with that. But uh, but television, man, I'll download, I'll fucking pirate that shit like there's no tomorrow. It's like this requires <laughs> so, it. This requires an Epics subscription. I'm like, Epics? What the fuck is that? Let me go to you know <laughs> EZTV.it, you know, just and here I go. So, what's your read on the on the new Star Trek show? Uh, I was going to talk about that. I fucking love uh, Strange New Worlds. And I say yeah. that. I've never actually watched the original series. So there we go. And Wait, like any any of it? Any of it. Never watched a single episode of the original. Wow. The TOS, the original series wow. that aired okay. in the 60s and 70s. Look, I've seen all the movies, but okay. I've never watched the actual TV. That's, uh, the actual that's TV surprising. Series. That's astonishing to me. Um, I've just never got around to it. I've thought about it before, and then I was like, ah, it kind of looks dated, or, you know, just whatever, which is which is ridiculous for me to say. I will watch the worst British-produced shit from, like, 1981, you know, and just be like, oh, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's ahead of its time. <laughs> but, you know, I won't watch fucking Star Trek, and I don't know why. Uh, you know, Clint Howard is in an episode. Oh, yeah, he plays an evil kid. You know Clint Howard? Yeah, yeah. Ron's the, the Tholian Web. Ron's ugly ass little brother. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Me and Ron are friends. I can say that. Um, so right. the Strange New Worlds, I was really excited for because I'm a huge fan of Star Trek Discovery. Loved it, and it, this was an accidental spinoff. They had no plans to do this until the two or three episodes that actually had Anson Mount as Captain Pike in uh, it's in the in Star Trek Discovery and people really responded including me I was like dude this dude is smooth as hell this is awesome you know my captain oh my captain here we go and uh oh so this is a prequel to the old show yeah i, I, I okay. just i mean and i'm not big on star trek lore so please don't take what i'm saying as the truth or and or write me angry emails i as i understand i vote for angry emails send them to roy um as i understand (laughs) it uh captain pike played by anson mount was the original captain of the enterprise before kirk took over and he Mm -hmm. served with spock i know but, like, in the last episode of Strange New Worlds, uh, Cadet Uhura shows up. So, that's cool. And apparently the plan is, with Strange New Worlds, is to eventually introduce Lieutenant Kirk. And, and Lieutenant James oh, okay. Kirk. Because there is a current re- Lieutenant Kirk, which is, like, his older brother or some shit. I don't know. I don't know the canon. But it's just really good. It's it's modern Star Trek. The effects are great. The stories are good, and uh, I'm digging it so far. So uh, I've so, got to, yeah. Captain Pike was originally played by Jeffrey Hunter. Oh, sorry, just throwing that out there. Uh, okay, tell me who Jeffrey Hunter is. Well, so I posted a link there. Yeah, so I don't I'll know have it linked the... in the show notes. Let's see. Uh, we know him Here. from. You have to the rem- Searchers, King of Kings. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so he was a a, um, a Western guy. Okay, uh, you Here. mentioned the Searchers, and that reminds me, I just finished uh, Behind the Bastards on John Wayne, and man, what a massive piece of shit he was. So there you go. Oh, really? Yep. 
Born in Winterset, Iowa. Iowa? Where the hell is Iowa? That's like that's like <laughs> one of the, that's uh, like one it, of those states that doesn't even exist. Where I don't even know where it is. Well, that's where the Bridges of Madison County was also said is in Winterset. Uh, See, Adam's a coastal elite now. He calls us flyover <laughs> states. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I mean, I highly recommend uh, Strange New Worlds. I, I look, I pirated the first season of Discovery and liked it enough that I I am a current paying member of Paramount Plus, and so I really dig it. I occasionally find some different stuff on there that I, I like or whatever, but uh, that's where Halo is, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because I get confused between... Because I get confused because the layouts of the streaming services are damn near the same. I get confused between HBO Max and Paramount Plus. So, there you go. Anyway. Well, I don't have HBO Max. Uh, so, Roy, what have We're you We're talking been, about some games, right? Yeah, what have you been playing? This is a oh, wow. uh, table games. Yeah. Who's got time for games with all this TV? I know. Boy, howdy! This is a throwback for us because what? We're when's the last time we recorded? Five. We said five weeks. Yeah, it's, it's been, been about a while. five weeks. Yeah. yeah. So I went on vacation to Texas. Um, the I'm the sorry. Was off the last recording. What's that? You're sorry. Yeah. That was okay. So. Um, I went to a few different game stores because I like when I go on vacation, I like to check out game stores and maybe do kind of a little review. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I went to a place in Chicago called the Dice Dojo, um, which uh, was they had a gigantic game library. Uh, so if you're in Chicago or, you know, happen to find yourself going through there, check out the Dice Dojo. Um, uh, lovely place. Ten roof ceilings. Um you know, it's old, creaky floors. Uh, and there I played a game called Finca, which is a uh, it's a fruit delivery kind of game. So it's uh, the it has a, a rondel. So the, the um, there's like a, a windmill blade. And so the fruit are kind of situated on the on the windmill blades. And so based on how many meeples are on your spot is how far you go. And then where you land, however many meeples are there, is how much of that particular fruit that you collect. It's something like that. Uh, this is a game that's, uh, I believe Queen Games makes it. And it is uh, out of print, the last I knew. Um, but uh, so it's set in in Italy, and you're collecting fruit and delivering it via uh, donkey cart to um, places around the, around the island, oh, I guess around Mallorca. So that's Finca that I played at Dice Dojo in Chicago. And then at the Emerald Tavern in Austin, Texas, which was a game cafe, uh, I played a game called Gravwell, which is a little bit of an abstract game where you're climbing your way in or out of a gravity well with your spaceship. And you're playing cards uh, that show how far that you go. And based on whatever gravity points are near you, you move in that direction or move away from that direction. And so basically the goal is to climb your, your way into the middle or out to the edge of the, uh, of the gravity well. So if you, it's a kind of a race game. You're laying cards. Each round you're laying a card that says, well, I'm going to be attracted to the nearest gravity point. And there's a, uh, there's a play priority. So like if you want to go in a particular direction, 
and it's high in the priority, you're probably likely to get that to happen. But if it's later in the priority, the situation might have changed a little bit. So, like, maybe you're going to go in the direction you don't want to go. And there's not um, that many cards that will send you, well, I don't know. Anyway, that's a uh, grab well that I played. And so then at Dragon's Lair in Austin, Texas, what did I play there? I played a game called Fort. Um, no, I'm getting that backwards. Anyway, so, oh, that's I didn't play anything there. Uh, Dragon's Lair is a place, sorry, this is a long time ago. I'm trying to remember all this. Dragon's Lair is a place that my friend DJ Tasty Freeze was a big fan of going when he lived in Austin. So I felt the need to go there and check that out. Um, so, and that was a very nice uh, uh, storefront. And I talked to the proprietor. They have a lot of memorabilia on the walls. And he said, we've moved three times, and each time we get a little bit bigger. Uh, so they had quite a few uh, game tables for 40K and quite a selection of comics. And they even had some cosplay stuff. Um, and so that was a lovely storefront, too. And then also in, uh, let's see, let me look at my, oh, okay. Uh, Night's Watch in San Antonio, I played a game called Fort. And Night Night Watch was a very heavily themed uh, game store. They had some very lovely uh, rooms that you could rent for your, uh, uh, they had a game that was all, or they had a room that was all themed towards Star Wars. So like the tables had, had glass overlays and then it was like a, a control console as a table. Um, they had, I think they had three or four different uh, game rooms that were themed different ways. And even the bathrooms were themed. So I went into the bathroom, it was all steampunk themed uh, in the men's room. And then the ladies room was uh, Doctor Who. So that was Nightwatch in San Antonio. Um, Wait a second, please tell me then, like you had to like operate a accordion or something in order to flush the urinal. Well, the the light switch was had had gears and levers and all kinds of stuff, but it was ironic that the switch said "please leave on," <laughs> so like you didn't really really get to play with it a little bit. Okay. Um, but then uh, one of the last uh, game stores that I went to was a place called House Rules in in good old Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I went there with my friend DJ Tasty Freeze, uh, and I played a game called Kung Fu Fighting which is kind of a take that sort of game where it's all themed around, you know, the, the Kung Fu movies of the seventies. Um, and I was there on a Saturday night at about eight o'clock and that place was jamming until 11 or later, um, jam packed with people playing games. So that was really cool to see. Um, so those are the different, uh, game stores that I went to while I was, on vacation, other than the place called House Rules. Um, and so then this past Friday, I played a game called Neptune, which is a game that I actually received from Adam quite a while ago. And I, I finally pulled the plastic off of it. And this is a pick up and deliver game that's uh, around the Mediterranean. And so you're picking up uh, various commodities and delivering them to dis different ports. Um, so you, you pick up a contract, you have five spots on your, on your delivery board. And so like, you know, if it's far away, maybe you want to put it in the five spot 
and you're you're delivering all these different things around the uh, different ports in the Mediterranean. And so we'll give you either gold, which can kind of extend your your the amount of space you can sail, or it'll give you temple points. Um, so you move up in the in the temple track. Um, so that's uh, that's Kung Fu, or uh, sorry, that's uh, Neptune. That's from Queen Games. And then I played um, played some Carcassonne. I haven't played that in quite a while. Shit, and, I, um, I look. That is one of the, um, you know, that what what do you call it when the drug dealer gives you the uh, the free hit? Gateway. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. one. That's one of the gateway games for board gaming that I fucking love. I don't know what. Yeah. Is that called? Is it tile matching? Is that what it's considered? Or yeah, tile laying. Tile laying. Um, I love that game so much. It's been. Yeah. It's been a while since I played it, but uh, we have a, a a new guy that's kind of new into gaming and had never played Carcassonne before, so we uh, we introduced him to Carcassonne, and then um, I played some Lost Cities, which is a there, there's two different versions. That's a Reiner Kinesia game. That's um, I love him in the, the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> Yeah, it's a German rap is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Lost Cities, the card game, and Lost Cities, the board game, are very similar to each other. And you're going on expeditions and laying cards down that kind of advance you along a, a track that will get you to the um, kind of the final destination. Not like the movie, but... Um, and then I've been playing some uh, Star Wars Legion. Or no, sorry, not playing. I've been, I've been working on models and things. Um, been doing some 3D printing, and I printed a uh, Y-wing that is Legion scale. It's available on Thingiverse, and uh, well, I guess we could talk about that a little bit later about how maybe you could get uh, uh, Mike over at Ultra Dementia to print that for you. Um, but anyway, I've been I, I've printed that out, and I'm I've been making a little like a landing pad for it. I really want to have a nice themed table that's like full of scenery um after watching the mandalorian and i believe rich you talked about this too that like there's so much visually appealing to that yeah that i really kind of kind of want to have a, a battlefield that's like that so i've been working on that and then uh i've been playing marvel champions which is a um card game that's cooperative where you play a particular hero and you are fighting against the bad guy and laying hits against uh, Claw or Ultron or whatever, and you're you're boosting your your opponents. You're trying not to get killed, um, and it's all card based, and that's Marvel Champions. So that's what yeah. I've been playing. Legion and Champions are both games that have been trying to get back on the table recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam, you were saying Legion is pretty much dead where you are. Yeah, I mean, I hate to see it. I mean, honestly, the death of it happened. The The guy that started it, he just fell out of love with it. And another guy dealt with some health issues during COVID, and they were like the big... Oh, yeah, and the third guy uh, moved away. So they were the guys that were doing mm. it. They were the guys that were in the shop three, four days a week playing, 
and always organize our tournaments and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just sad that it's 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 pretty much dead. So I think I'm gonna keep my rebels, and I'm going to get rid of my empire and my separatist at this point. Because uh, I mean, there it doesn't seem like there's any hope. And you know, yeah. post divorce, I'm looking at like okay. It's time to get rid of factions of games that you never get to the table. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way about Warhammer, or is that a different discussion? No, no, no. Warhammer is always there. It doesn't matter where you are <laughs> in the United States of America or the world. If you're on planet yeah. Earth, you can find a 40K game. I swear to you, they're playing 40K in Antarctica right now. It's it's hmm. that that one you can always find, so it's okay to keep multiple factions of it. Now I thought, uh, well, I mean, I'll get into it when I talk about what I play, but uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I I mean I hate to That's... see it, especially because there's some news on the horizon about Legion, and we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so anyway. So Adam, what you up to? I finished my Traveler uh, game that I kind of got devoted into uh, DMing. And, like, look, uh, this is, like, my first... So I have, I have never played that game, and I hear so much buzz about it, but I've never played it at all. I mean, it's... It's not quite a hard sci-fi. <laughs> you know, it's not like The Expanse, where you worry about, yeah. you know, everybody has artificial gravity, blah, blah, blah. But, and, and, you know, it's famous for, oh, you can die in character creation. That's true. But there are alternate rules where you can actually just spend points to make your guy. And that's kind of like its main draw is you can just be Joe Everyman. Who's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I, you know, I was a State Farm uh, represent, you know, representative for 25 years and I'm retired now. I was like, fuck it, I want to be a mercenary. His name Jake? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> I want to be a mercenary. Yeehaw! So, you know. And it's just kind of cool like that. Uh, and again, uh, they should have sent a poet. I wish I could tell you a bit more details about like how the, it rolls and whatnot. It's mainly a D6 system. And I'm talking about the Mongoose system in, in playing that. And <laughs> look, I this group I've been playing with, we tried to get through one module. And it was a total party wipe. And it wasn't because, like, I'm a dick, you know. I, <laughs> it, it, it was literally, I gave them every chance I could, and the rolls just failed them. You know, it was not me. I didn't do it. They just died, total party wipe, just ding. And I'm like, shit. And we're just playing a module. We're just going by what the module says. And uh, we fired up a second one. And they succeeded it. They didn't complete all the goals, but they did succeed it. It is a lot of, like, okay, here's the situation. All right, tell me, you know, what you're going to do. You know, it's like, okay, you're... uh, It's flooding, and there's a pterodactyl that's trying to kill you, and you've got to get out this way. How do you do it? And I thought that was kind of neat. It leaves a lot up to you. But the NPCs and the uh, areas are really fleshed out. I like that. And, uh, I mean, it was really fun. 
and now my DCC group, the guys I've been playing Dungeon Crawl Classics with, uh, won't. One of them was like, ah, I'm tired of hearing about this Traveler shit. you got to run one for us. Just do a module. Come on, do it. I'm like, I don't know. Because I don't <laughs> feel like I do a good job. Because I never prepare. I don't have notes. I'm literally like reading the module. It's like, okay, it says here the water is six inches deep and there is you know that's uh, i feel terrible doing it because i i think i think every game master feels that way though i mean honestly they just they're so glad that you're running and letting them play yeah that's yep. true i agree because uh, one of the guys that was playing he was like thank you so much because i always have to run these games i never yep. <laughs> I, ne I never get to play them thank you so much for running this because i always wanted to play so I'm like, okay, I get that. Yeah. But uh, yes, Magus Traveler. I mean, it's an old game. It was. I was talking uh, to a guy like last night about it. Uh, that he he mainly plays like Five E, but he's old enough to know some other stuff. He's like, oh yeah, I've heard of that, but I've never played it. I'm like, yeah, it's one of those games. I mean, when you say role playing, people immediately think Dungeons and Dragons. And after that, maybe Vampire, Werewolf. And then after that, I would argue Traveler's in there. You know, because it, it's it's old. It's continually produced in different variants and, and whatnot up to today. And yeah, it's great. So, uh, my Dungeon Crawl Classics uh, group is still going. And fuck me, man. I love that group. I look forward to every fucking Tuesday we play. Because we are all laser focused in the same bullshit way. We're the guys, we're just having fun. That's all we're doing. It's like, oh, you know, our, the guy's a plant. And it's like, whatever. And it's like, oh, he lowers his vine. And you, you crawl up it. Well, it turns out that's his penis, you know. And we just <laughs> we just make jokes. It's hysterical. And it, it would be really bad if someone was trying to actually play it seriously. But we have a hell of a lot of fun playing it uh it doesn't help that uh vans serves beer when we're playing it you know and yeah we have a lot of fun playing i look forward to every fucking tuesday and uh yeah i actually did some shitty uh dungeon crawl classics artwork and i've made a t-shirt for my own personal use because i can't legally sell it and uh yeah i'll i should probably post that on twitter you guys might like so it. Yeah. To be clear, that's that's Vance's comics and cards, right? Vans, V A N S. Oh, Vance, sorry. Yep. Yeah. As Vans comics and, and cards uh, in Ridgeland, Mississippi, which okay. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I've lived for 46 years and been gaming since I was like 15 or 16. It is the best fucking store I've ever been in. It's enormous. Uh, and they have everything. They serve beer. They give you free pizza. What helps is the people that own bands also own all the local Papa John's in the area. So every time, like, oh, right. Friday Night Magic or whatever, it's, it's free pizza. So I've always made the so joke. There you go. Yeah, I've, I've always made the joke, like, the owner. I'm like, well, you know, years from now, some guy who, you know, cures cancer will build a statue to him. He was like, yeah, I, I was broke and starving. And I was a gamer, and, you know, he fed me every Friday night, and, you know, I just wanted to build a, a, a statue to him, you know, because he, without him, cancer would have never been cured. So, you know, there you go. But, yes. So that is, that is 
it's Vans Comics and Cards, just it, to be clear. Yes, right? in, in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Okay, all right. And, um, in Ridgeland, yeah. Mississippi. And, uh, yeah, Dungeon right. Crawl Classics from Goodman Games. Uh, <laughs> the weird thing is, it's like, there are so many people that, like, you know, grew up playing Dungeons & Dragons or whatever and started role-playing. All I've ever known is pretty much Dungeon Crawl Classics. I got into it because my friend was do wanted to do it, and so I played it and played some adjacent OSR games. Uh, like, uh, damn it. Uh, what is the name of that that just came out? Uh, but I'm just saying, I've never played 5th Edition. I've never played Pathfinder or any of the, like, the popular stuff. It's, it's, yeah, I've always done OSR, which is really weird. I guess it was because I was too <laughs> snobbish in my 20s and 30s to actually roleplay. And so, but now I fucking love it. So, it's a thing. I guess better late than never, right? You know? That's true. You betcha. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Rich, tell me about Pass of Glory. Uh, Be so because, yeah, I mean... because I've heard the Pass of Glory lead to the grave. That might be true. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I haven't been able to play too much because I've been mostly working, but I do. I did get to play a few things, and one of them was Pass of Glory. This this is a, a GMT game. It's a World War One card driven game. Um, it covers basically everything from Europe into Russia, and you know, like down into the Middle East as well. Um, it's a pretty interesting game. I've played it before, but didn't really know what I was doing. So, so I've got a, a friend kind of teaching me how to play now. So, so far, so good. I'll let you know more as I play more, but I'm enjoying that one. Um, my did get to play a few games of the family as well. So we played another game of Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, uh, which I've talked about that one before. Um, and we actually won on the first attempt at... We're either in, I think, in May, so we're getting close to halfway through the game now, um, and enjoying that one. We played a game of paperback. Um, I'm sure I've talked about this one before too, is but this one is a game. So it, paperback is a game uh, where you uh, you need to build words, but it's a deck builder. Mm -hmm. So you build a word with the letters that you have in your hand, and then you get to buy more and better letters that give you more points, and you can get more and better letters. But this is the first time that I've ever won this game. I play, my family is like absolute sharks at paperback, so usually I come in third or fourth, and I actually won a game of paperback, so yay me. And then we also have been playing some more Arkham Horror, the card game. This is the living card game. Um, we've played... We've played a few times with like different people. Like it's all within my families. Like sometimes I'll play with my wife and sometimes with one daughter and sometimes with both daughters or one daughter and my wife, but we just, we keep playing it. We're all really enjoying it. We haven't really made it very far into it. Um, but at some point we're probably just going to like sit down and say, Hey, let's, let's actually play the, the first campaign through and see how that goes. But other than that, like I said, it's been mostly work. But the last few weeks of work have been really insane for me. And as of, I had to work overnight last night. And hopefully that's coming to an end. And we'll get some time for games and other things. You know who would help you right. out if you had to work overnight and needed some gaming things made? That I can't think of anyone. That would be what would I do if I needed something 3D printed to help me at work? Uh, it'd be Mike. At Ultra Dementia. And look, it's spelled weird. You can read it in the show notes. And you can also use the discount code of COG2019 that we've had, gosh, for what, three years now? 
yeah. the ever increasingly uh, uh, miss inappropriate uh, discount code. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, like, okay, you needed. I'm sure we could think of something more inappropriate. You needed a special thingamabob done at work. You're like, oh my gosh, I need this widget. Oh my god, who can print it for me? What do I do? Lives are at stake here. And you go to straight up alter dementia. He'll print it for you. He'll save those lives. Just and I'll you. say, I need this thing for work, but it costs twenty percent too much. Whatever will I do? Yeah, you enter discount code COG twenty nineteen, <laughs> and boom, done. Like it ain't nothing. Great guy over there. And uh, I'll have actually. Yeah, Mitch actually used him recently. Um, there's someone came up with some. So in the in the in the BCS series, there's. It doesn't come with the game, but the fans have de- kind of decided that, you know, this is a great series. We all love it, but this is a better way to organize your formation markers and everything like that. And someone came up with a, a 3D printed model of a way. So instead of printing them out for every game, you can just, you know, print them out and use them for every single game. And and Mitch used him recently to, to print some of those out. So I know oh, right that he's a real person and he actually exists. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's not just Adam trying to plug his beer fund. Uh-huh, yeah. It's, and so, yeah, uh, uh, the BCS, wow, that's like the Rose Bowl and shit, right? Yeah, that's what it is. It's the BCS. You play football games between, like, California and Alabama. Okay, well, yeah. Sports ball. Sports ball, yeah, he helps you out. Yes. Sports ball! And uh, in the show notes, I'll also uh, link the SDL files for that cool wide wing that Roy has been printing, and there you go. You'll have that, and it can be cool and awesome. So, anyway. Uh, so, the next thing we had was an actual interview for a good friend of the show, Justin Lingang. Damn it, I'm so fucking... I'm sorry. This LJ Play? Yeah, LJ Play. Yeah, I totally mutilate names. It's terrible, and I'm sorry. And, yeah. So, Justin... At, uh, yeah, his uh, Warline Kickstarter has it's live and it is funded as of this podcast. And I'm one of the backers. I'm excited. And yeah. And uh, I'm also going to toot my own horn in the sense of, okay, he wanted a measly 20 grand. He got $21,000 as of this recording. And thanks to me interviewing him. He uh, added the Warline Historian Pledge, which was the, for $1,000, you get to, oh, nope, sorry, for $2,000, you could be a kingdom designer. And this is reward no longer available. Did people actually take him up on that? I hope so. Oh, yes, four people. Yes, I did this. That's me. I did this. Yay. <laughs> because you'll hear in this interview I'm about to toss to that I'm like, hey, when we do the show, we always joke around about, like, the big pledges on Kickstarters because they're funny. You know, it could be like, you know, whatever is like, we'll do this. You know, the guy will cook you a steak dinner. He'll feed it to you and whatever. But you have to supply your own air- airline cost and lodging or whatever. And, yeah, so he did this. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. Yay, I'm so happy for him. He's a good friend of the show. He's designed some logos and stuff for me. And, yeah, he's a great guy. I think I met him at Constant World Dallas pre-pandemic. And it was cool. But, yeah. Anyway, listen to this interview and uh, see what you think. And we'll be right back. 
All right, joining me now is Justin Leingong, a longtime friend of the show and a guy that's been on before. He's here to talk about the relaunch of his board game, Warline. So, Justin, glad to have you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, for those people who don't know, how would you describe Warline? It's not a hex encounter war game. So how would you describe it? Um, I call it a maneuver warfare sandbox game, um, but format-wise, uh, you know, hex encounter or whatever, um, it's closer to almost a combination of uh, a block war game and abstract strategy. Okay. So it, it's grid. It is grid based, but it's it's square grids, not hex. Um, action points are spent to act on the battlefield, moving and and using special powers, et cetera, et cetera. So. All right. Can you tell me like what the kind of overall plot line for the game is? Because I know you have some well-established, fleshed-out factions. Yes, I do. Um, so it's there's not like a, a deep central core story outside of the story of the world. Um, this 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 particular set of kingdoms um, are on a continent I call Sorland. Um, it's spelled S-O-R-O-Y-L-O-L-A-N-D. Um, and the crux is that way long ago, there were the, the initial beings, the greater dragons, and, um, you can consider them kind of like benevolent creatures out in the universe. And they, uh, created peoples in their likenesses. There were four of them in this, in, uh, in this case right here, cause we have four kingdoms that launched, um, and each of them created a, a set of peoples in their likeness, not vis visible likeness. They're not, the people aren't dragons, but in terms of kind of their core makeup and their abilities and such. Um, and they populated this land, Sar land with them. And for hundreds of years, they kind of raised these people and, and got them, you know, built civilizations and stuff for them and everything like that. Uh, but there came a point where mysteriously these greater dragons just really quickly started to disappear and then eventually they were gone and nobody knew where they were. Nobody knew what happened. They were just gone. Um, and so now these people who were not, you know, it's only a few hundred years of civilization growth, growth, as you know, that's probably not a very perfected civilization, right? Um, they had to figure things out for themselves. So, and consequently over time, um, it became a continent just rife with warfare. Um, so people were not seeing eye to eye people, you know, they couldn't learn to, to get along correctly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so they, they fought, um, and because there was so much warfare and here's where the crux of the games comes, um, all these kingdoms, all the people born into these kingdoms and stuff are reared for warfare, like education of warfare military and conflict and stuff is like the prime thing that drives all these societies. Uh, and so uh, the game design itself is supposed to be um, under the hood thematically kind of a look into their teachings, like their studies, the way they approach warfare. So. Okay. And uh, how many factions are going to, as of right, right now, how many factions are going to launch with the game? So we have four launching with the, for the first campaign, for the initial run, initial print. Um, two of them are included in the core box, and then two of them are offered as expansions. Each one separately is an expansion. So, and the, the Kickstarter campaign will include a bundle with 
all four has the two expansions included with the core uh, for a ridiculously lower price than it would be if you would buy those expansions separately. Okay, now will they be in like their own separate box or will they be in, they'll just be uh, put in the box with the launch? It depends on how you how you uh, pledge. So if you pledge for all in, they will be in the box because the, the game by default, no kit, no stretch goal re required comes with the plastic organizer tray. And that tray does include spots for more than the, the two launch kingdoms. Um, and so if you buy them in the bundle, they'll just be put in to the tray like the, the two core kingdoms are, um, which is where the cost savings to you comes in because if you buy them separately, they have to come in their own little packaging. And then you then you can take them out and put them in that tray. So if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Now, speaking of Kickstarter, tell me why you chose Kickstarter. The only reason I chose Kickstarter is because I've, I've ran a campaign twice before for this game. So I have a free built-in audience. Um, you know, I send out relatively frequent updates that, that I probably get a little bit too detailed in, but it's fun for me to, to write about this game and, and the strategies and everything like that of playing. And um, uh, I, the, the previous run of the campaign, I raised over 7K without doing any sort of advertising or anything like that. So um, the, I, I was not comfortable trying to go to the, to, the, to the core backer audience, the core followers that have been with it for all this time and saying, yo, if you don't have a GameFound account, you have to make one. You have to start another crowd, crowdfunding platform. So I just stuck with it for the sake of familiarity and the built-in audience for the time being. So. Okay. Now, uh, tell me, like, what is the campaign going to look like? Sexy. What do you mean? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I expect that. But. Um, so it's it's relatively streamlined in, term, in terms of, um, you know, what's offered. I'm trying not to, to bloat it with a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, so I've got, uh, I've got up here, now let me see, I think five pledge levels. Yeah, so five pledge levels. Um, two of them are just are the same thing, but one's an early bird version with a limited number. So it's um, $5 less if you're one of the first 300 backers of the, the um, what do you call it, the, the bundle, the all-in bundle. Um, so we have a core bundle, which is just the game with Frost and Flame factions. Um, and then we have the all-in bundle, which is the, uh, the core game plus the two expansions, which are the Timber and the Sea Kingdoms. Um, and then I've got a few of those de facto retailer bundles where you can get five copies for a discounted price if you show your retail proof. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then if you want to do add-on, if you just get the core and you're like, oh, I just want the core in one other kingdom, then those two, the sea and the timber, are separate add-ons if you want. Um, okay. And then uh, stretch goals, uh, a little unconventional here for for a number of reasons. Um, so the the first two cat stretch goals aren't unconventional. Unconventional. Those are the the two additional game modes uh, being history of history of conflict and mastery of command. Uh, history of conflict is the scenarios mode so the core game is a, a is a maneuver worker sandbox the history of conflict is scenarios mode in which um, there's a, a pre-configured map um, and uh, pre-configured um, 
army conditions, like the, the configurations of your armies. Uh, and then there's a, a cool lore that goes along with it. And the, the conceit here is that this is a, um, it is a, a pivotal battle in the history of Sauron land. And you're coming in at a key moment of this battle. And uh, one player is the competing kingdom. One is the defending kingdom. The defending kingdom is the kingdom who actually did win this battle in quote-unquote real life. So back in history of this fantasy lore. Um, and so that person's goal is to try to basically reenact history, not by doing exactly the same thing, but reenact to, to achieve this, the, the given victory condition that was achieved by those people back then. The competing kingdom's goal is to try to rewrite history by actually being the winner of the conflict. So they're they are intentionally not what you would call balanced, um, uh, not like they're like radically skewed, but like there's there's not like this attention to, oh, everything has to be perfectly fair for both sides because you're coming at a point that is unfair for one of the sides. And that's where like the Capena Kingdom becomes really interesting because like, oh, how do I solve this puzzle? How do I actually overcome this problem with, with possibly some disadvantages? Uh, and then the, uh, so that's the first stretch goal is to, to raise enough to be able to print that book. Um, I aim to have uh, ten scenario, or yeah, twelve scenarios actually in the in the in the book, um, if I can to if I can get the funding to get it printed and stuff. So uh, most of them are done. Um, so it's just a matter of you know getting those funds to to print the paper. Um, and then the third or the second stretch goal is the third game mode, which is Mastery Command, <clears throat> and that is conceptually a book of lessons from one of the greatest military minds in the history of Sarovan, this General, General Phyrexis. Um, and so he's essentially the guy who, who codified maneuver warfare for these people. Um, and then that's, that basically bled out of the Flame Kingdom and every kingdom adopted these teachings and, and worked to perfect them. And so this is a, a set of lessons where the, uh, they are single player actually. So this is for, for one player only. And the, the simplest way to describe them is, um, is tactical puzzles. I call each one a tactical dilemma. Uh, so the, the map is pre-configured with not only the train and everything, um, but the positions of deployment for everybody are in there and their current status for all the battalions is in there. Uh, and you set up the map um, and all the pieces and stuff. And then the, the, the dilemma gives you a number of turns to try to achieve a certain victory condition. Uh, and so you, you play that out and try to hit that condition within that number of turns. And the, it's, it's really cool, really, really simple streamline, but it, it does a really cool job of like helping you grok the, both the, the core fundamental actions that all of the factions share and individually um, each faction's special capabilities it kind of accelerates your, your aha moments, you know, and, and, and understanding like kind of the breadth of what each thing can do. Um, and then, uh, and then that's again, the second stretch goal. Uh, third stretch goal is a, um, it's an app. So it's a free, it's a web app that'll be free to everyone once it, it gets released. Uh, and uh, the initial one is a scenario creator. So this allows you to, the community to actually build and share scenarios for that history of conflict game mode. 
Um, so you can totally do everything I did as a designer to put together a scenario. You can save a file, you can post it, share it, send it, whatever, um, load other people's up and play and all that good stuff. And then the one follow the next goal following that um, is a random setup generator. Uh, and this is a really simple tool that allows you to flip a couple uh, switches and turn a couple dials and options and hit generate and it'll give you a completely pre-configured setup. Um, and setup's kind of a bad word. Uh, uh, the completely random start to a battle. Um, so this game, the the battle canvas, the, the core um, sandbox mode, uh, the way it works is just for a, for a quick overview for those of you not familiar is you go through a set of four strategic uh, active planning stages before you you dive into battle, which is the stage five. Uh, in those stages, you scout terrain, you establish outposts, you uh, gain mercenary support, you configure your armies, and then you deploy your units to the field. Um, and so that that is like a, a really cool way to to actively generate a, a, a unique game start, a unique setup every single time you play the game. Uh, and that's all that's all done with like really specific strategic decision making that you're you're you know considering all the the, the factors and everything with regards to your kingdom and your army build and stuff like that. Um, so the setup generator does all that stuff for you and just goes straight into battle. Um, and so the 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 value here is that if you want, if you if you're really good at the game and you want to just challenge yourself to see if you can overcome any given situation, then you can run this, get it set up, and then see if you can actually be victorious within whatever the the start of the battle is. Uh, and then the the third one is um, the third app is which is the fifth stretch goal, uh, the tactical dilemmas builder. So this is the support app for the mastery command mode. So it allows anybody to build one of those tactical dilemma single player puzzles. And like the scenario uh, app allows you to save it and share it and load and play other people's and all that good stuff. And then um, I'd like to add a couple few more small stretch goals um, during the campaign live. Um, I've got the community generated some really cool ideas. I'm kind of curating those. Um, I have some very specific requirements. I'm, I'm making sure that, you know, I'm not, I'm not adding any kingdoms now. It's not going to happen because I require at least a full year of development before I sign off on anything. Um, so like coming up with a new kingdom, it would, <laughs> putting it as a stretch goal here would be unfair to people because it wouldn't even be ready until maybe like a reprint launch. So the very earliest. Um, and then uh, I've had some people generate some really cool ideas for for additional um, kind of optional uh, systems that are added in but are very lightweight. Um, one of my, again, going back to those 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 specific um, requirements I have is I don't, I'm not going to do anything to dilute the core of the game. I'm not going to just start adding mechanisms on top of stuff. I'm not going to just start adding, you know, just dongles and stuff like that just to, to create more overhead. Um, this all has to be stuff that that kind of runs in parallel with these existing systems and does not uh, doesn't affect them, doesn't negatively impact them, but rather just actually you know changes the way you think about some of them at certain times. So 
somebody had mentioned a um, a deck of cards that are uh, um, kind of environmental conditions to start the battle. And so you, the players would, and, and there's no promise this one's going in, but this is one of my favorite ideas I've heard so far, is, you know, flip a card at the start of battle from this deck, and then that would affect the battlefield in some way. Um, so just kind of mix up the way you need to approach whatever the, the given layout is. Um, so yeah, so I'm still I'm still soliciting ideas, thinking about stuff like that. Um, but again, keeping it realistic, you know, stuff like, you know, more apps is always the 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 easiest thing because of the fact that there's no shipping costs and logistics and materials cost involved. And I'm tech savvy enough that I can build these things, which is, I mean, as you've heard me talk, I've already built started building two of them, and then uh, I'm getting ready to start building the third one. So. Look, one thing I always talk about on the show is like doing, I always like look and see if there's like a ridiculous Kickstarter uh, thing, something like where, well, you know, if you, you know, bid 5,000, you yeah. know, if you spend $5,000, we'll fly you out here and, you know, yeah. give you a steak yeah. dinner and we'll cut it up, <laughs> and, you know, you should yeah. do something like that. It has to be, uh, it has to be utterly ridiculous though. Yeah. Like, you know, and oh, my favorite is always like, it'll be really expensive like you know a few grand or something and then it's like um the person who selects this is responsible for their own transportation <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like i'll do all this stuff for you but yeah. you, have fly, you have to fly out here you know that yeah. Thing. So. yeah so so funny you say that i am waffling you know i only have a couple days for the campaign but i'm like really close to adding a goal and i'm glad to hear you say that because it kind of gives me a little more motivation to do so um to be a, I don't know what the exact cost is, but it'd be, you know, thousands of dollars. Um, the calling it the, the Warline Designer uh, Pledge, um, <laughs> which would allow you to actually design one of the future kingdoms and work work with me to develop it. Um, so you would provide the baseline framework for the design, the concept of the, the, the people and everything like that, what this faction is, um, uh, kind of kick off what they're, what the scope of their abilities are, et cetera. And then I would work to work with you to, to make it great. And yeah, something right. that, that is, this is awesome for the game and you'd get, you know, full credit as the, the lead designer and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I've seen that. And it's always at the end of it, hashtag like design, it'll say asterisks, the, uh, the designer deserves the uh, right, uh, reserves the right to approve anything. Uh, yeah. So just in case they wanted to come in as like, well, my faction, you know, eats children and kills the elderly, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, no, 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 slow yeah. it down there, buddy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it would be a very actively interact or cooperative, you know, collaborative effort. So, yeah, there, it would, you know, I would, I would be making sure that it, it fits the, the scope of the worldview and everything like that, right? There's not going to be any like slime booger monsters and stuff like that. You've got to kind of fit the framework of what's what's been laid out so far. All right. So when you're not designing and playtesting Warline, what do you play? What do I play? Uh, so board game wise, um, anything really, man. Like the latest thing I've I've played is the Super Skill Pinball. Well, if you don't count Magic the Gathering, because I play that really frequently. Love that game. Um, but um, uh, Super Skill Pinball 4K. Uh, is a a fun solo kind of 
light simulation of uh, pinball, like arcade pinball. Um, it's really well done and kind of a, just a, a feature, feature on high score across the uh, panoply of different tables they offer. Um, fun game. Um, love playing, playing more casual games with my wife and friends. Um, I play, I play uh, military conflict sims. Um, most of the time solo just because it's hard as hell to get somebody to play with. So uh, mostly play both sides because there's not a lot of the the kind of um, flowcharty AI things that I feel work really well in terms of making it feel like I'm actually competing against a real person. It's kind of almost just like artificial friction. Um, so I'm sure there's some good ones out there though, not to denigrate them. Um, and then video games wise, uh, you know, just finished, uh, well, let's say that with an asterisk, Metroid Dread. I just got a, a 100% of items, but I don't know if I'm going to finish it because I cannot stand the, the flow for the final boss. Um, now play Kirby, uh, Mario, et cetera, all the newest stuff like that with my kid. Um, uh, some of it by myself as well, like the Mario 3D World. So yeah, lot, lots of different board games and video games. I don't have a, a very kind of narrow focus. It's just stuff that I feel is interesting and engaging. Now, uh, what kind, you mentioned magic. What, ki what kind of magic do you play? Modern, uh, so pioneer, draft? I am, I am primarily Brawl, um, and then sometimes uh, Commander, which is just Brawl, if you're not familiar. Are you familiar with Brawl? Uh, that's the one. Is that the one they invented for the uh, the online one? No. So uh, that's Alchemy. So Brawl is just Commander Light. Um, it's got a smaller deck requirement from down from 100 to 60 cards, um, but uh, and then they remove the the element of Commander damage. But everything else is the same outside of like numbers tunings. So like fewer cards, lower player life, starting life. Um, but it's still a, a, a 60 card singleton deck with with a one of those cards being a a commander and that functions the same way but I, I like playing that just because it's it's incredibly interesting and fun to build a deck because um, it, it's such it's so much more of a puzzle because you can't have any duplicates of any cards uh, and then also you have the element of your commander and and you know Optimally, you're going to want to build your deck to harmonize with that commander, because um, that's what you know. That's what that's what makes the commander deck good, right? So it's yeah, that's my that's my main. And so me and a me and a buddy um, will buy draft booster boxes in the new sets, and then we'll we'll draft from that, and then we'll typically build one broad broad deck just from the cards we drafted from that one box. Uh, and we'll play a few times, uh, iterate it, maybe build a second one with just those, uh, and then we'll release the cards into our broader collection and, and go back to, you know, whatever particular deck we're building, um, just not restricted by, like, any given set or anything like that. Like, I've got th three decks I'm working on right now that are just kind of globally from, from all the legal sets right now. Okay. All right, well... Um... I think the big question for a Kickstarter launch would be uh, what will like to get just the base set of Warline, what would that run? So the base set's 59, the, the base pledge. 
That's called right. the War Warfare Princess Pledge for the core games, $59. Um, and then the all-in bundle, uh, if you get an early bird, it's 64. If you if you get it normal after the early bird closes, then you get it's 69. So it's only $10 more. So essentially you get two additional factions for only 10 bucks total with that bundle, um, where each of them individually are $15. So, because like I said earlier, it's like if you buy them individually, they need to be packaged. Um, that you know, that has to be something that the manufacturer has to take into account. Because somebody could come in, and I don't know why they do this, but they might, they might buy just the add-on and not ever the core game, right? I mean, I could see a scenario, you know, where where some somebody did the core pledge, and their friend or family found out about it, and they're like, oh shoot, I'm gonna just get an expansion for their birthday, right? And they get it that way so and then right. retailers two, 249 for five core boxes or 299 for five all-ins for retail retailers now once it finds like what is the turnaround for it? when do you expect to actually ship out so my my projection right now is to be to be shipping in november um, I'm still talking to manufacturers because it's so that there's so much that they don't even know right now it's crazy um, but you know, there's like, you know, 50% confidence, maybe a little more that I can hit that November, but that's just all based on me speaking with manufacturers, giving them the, the my timeline. Here's where I can get finalized files to you, all this good stuff. Um, and so here's like the typical factoring a little bit of the issues that are coming in. It could, it could, and it might land in that area, but you know, no promises. It's just such a weird, weird climate right now with regards to shipping um but i mean this game design is way done it's way way done i've been working on this for five years um you know been polishing the heck out of it for the last like two years you know that's been you know, what what a video game considered beta for for two years until recently just you know it's gold master is what we in the video game industry call um a final um and uh all the all the uh, graphic design is done. Um, there's some artwork that still needs to be completed, but that's stuff that the um, once I get the funding, I can pay the artist, and he can get that done relatively quickly within a matter of, of weeks. Finish off. There's some there's some faction illustrations to be done. Um, the terrain art is all being redone. So what you see in the campaign, while it is pretty, I'm not happy with it because it, I don't feel it it stylistically and tonally harmonizes with the 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 character illustrations. Um, so I have that all being redone. I'm gonna share some samples of that during the campaign uh, in updates, because I have some samples already finished. Um, but yeah, they, they look, the new stuff looks fantastic. It looks you know, so much more um, cohesive with the visuals that you see from the, the Kingdom artwork and such. So, um, so yeah, it's all, it's, everything is so close to being done. Um, you know, it's not, you know, I know, I know some people because they have, you know, built-in names and stuff now, and then get away with like kickstarting an idea and then taking like a year or two to, to design and develop the game, um, and then you know get it shipped. But uh, but yeah, no, this is so, you know, get some art done, prep some files, do some back and forth and some tests with the manufacturers, and then get in the print and shipping pipeline. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that I have seen ki fail Kickstarters that thankfully failed that were 
the guy was essentially like, well, if you give me this money, first of all, I will inquire to see if I can get the rights to this thing, and then mm. I will make a game around it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, having it all together sure is really easy. So I know there is a uh, tabletop simulator mod for Warline. Is this available for anyone to try out? Yes, yeah, it is on the workshop, the Steam workshop, um, for anyone to try. Anybody can add it to their tabletop simulator workshop. Um, it's about as feature rich as you possibly could get. I mean, it it allows you to play the game as it's intended to be played. It's, you know, it comes with the quirks of like, you know, operating table tabletop simulator. It can be kind of wonky at times, but uh, um, yeah, it's all there. And you know, I've probably hundreds of games I've played on on the tabletop simulator version. Links to that um, workshop page are, are on the campaign as well for anybody who wants to, to grab it. Um, and then as well, I have a Vassal version of it um, for anyone not familiar, Vassal was uh, essentially was created for, for Hex Encounter War Games originally, but um, has been adopted over the years to pretty much any game you can think of. I mean, Arkham Horrors on there and um, Warhammer's on there, some miniatures war games are on there. Uh, but I have Warline on there. Um, it's just got a couple of advantages that I prefer over Tabletop Simulator. Um, ease operation being one of them. You don't have to navigate a 3D camera. Everything is just in you know, screen space and everything is pulled into its own windows that you can hide and show. And, but the, the most important thing that I like about it is the, the asynchronous play option where you can play out a turn, save the turn file, send it to your buddy, you can load it, replay your turn, play his turn, save it, send it back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so you can get a lot, <laughs> for for most people, you know, you know, sitting down to play a tabletop game is is a pretty big effort, you know, coordinating with somebody else. So it's, it's nice to have the option to be able to play on your own time. So, but link to that is also, that's also free. Um, that'll be, that's uh, on the campaign page okay well uh is there anything else we need to know going forward um nothing in particular uh i mean you know just some generalisms about the game um you know if if you if, if you're you're one who has any interest in both like kind of deep nuanced and very technical strategic and tactical play then i i definitely think there's something here for you to bite into um, you know, there's uh, the, the crux of the game, the, the kind of taglines I, I give it are um, design custom maneuvers and craft your path to victory. So, you know, you're designing everything as part of gameplay, as part of your strategic decision making, you're deciding what the battlefield is like um, for, you know, to, to best suit your, your uh, desires, um, you're designing your army. Um, getting all that strategic stuff put together. Um, and then once you begin battle, uh, I personally think it's rather unique in that, in, in the, again, the, the tagline, the design custom maneuvers um, is you really can, like every, there's not, there's not like here, you can do three or four different things and it's just like a simple here, move this thing here or pull this card or something like that. Um, you can literally use action points to create any combination of, um, or any sequence of actions um, within, you know, things that are valid at any given point in time, sequence of actions, 
um, and then combo um, units, sequences of actions together and stuff like that. So just a lot, a lot to play around with. Um, that's why I call it a maneuver warfare sandbox. So if you like, if you like exploring, you know, conflict and, and you know, kind of digging into the finer nuances of it, then I do think you'll, you'll dig this game a lot. Well, cool. Um, so it's going to launch, let's see, it, I think Thursday? Yep, Thursday, Thursday, May 12th, 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. Central okay. Time. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see. I backed it last time. I'll back it again this time. And, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed the tabletop gaming simulator times I've got to play. And, yeah, a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the support. I really do. So, and the exposure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we look forward to the launch. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it some more in the future. I may touch base back with you uh, once you blow through all your stretch goals and see what you want to do. Then. <laughs> right on. That's, that sounds fun. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Take care. And we're back by the magic, the fucking magic of editing. And, uh, yeah, so the first thing we've got on What's On Your Radar, which is our next segment, is Chronocopia. The classic skirmish tabletop game is back. So, I just wanted to toss this on here. It's going to probably be over by the time you hear of it. And, uh, yeah. Have any of you guys ever heard of Chronocopia? I don't think so. You mean Chronopia? Yeah, that too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm t look, I'm terrible. Okay. If, if, okay. First time listeners. See, I, Justin, it's he's he messes it all up. Yeah, I, I'm, every name is. I, I'm terrible. It's not just you. I'm terrible at enunciation, pronunciation, and remembering names. But all that matters is my heart is in the right place. It's there. It's right there. So there you go. I kind of remember this. I mean, I think I remember it more from um, Reaper Miniatures. I swear, produced uh, you know a bunch of stuff for this. And uh, let me see, this is no, I think it's over at this point. And uh, but I don't understand it. It's like okay, I can click. No, I can't. Okay, that's what it is. So all right, they uh, it, it's successful. You'll see it. And uh, yeah. They wanted a measly forty-one thousand two hundred euros. They got fifty-seven thousand two hundred eighty euros. So there you go. It is a skirmish game with some cool miniatures, and uh, yeah, there you go. I so mean, the what the? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say it was like you know, if we had recorded a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> This would have been poignant, and you, your minds would be fucking blown <laughs> right now. But you know, it's not. So there you go. So thirty-five hundred euro pledge. You as one of our miniatures. So like, I don't know what. I don't know. That's if if I were the the publisher, I, I would maybe try to take some poetic license as necessary with uh, um, the the miniature depiction of of your backer. Oh, yeah, kind of like when they painted the Habsburg Kings back then when they were all deformed and everything. They made them look better. Uh, yeah, well, I was I was thinking about the, the dude on um, 
on South Park, the you know the the schlubby guy that was sitting at his computer. Oh, you know yeah. they. <laughs> yeah, that guy. I, I, I mean, honestly, like, look, it mentioned the Habsburg Kings. They looked horribly mutilated in the good paintings. Yeah, but those those were the improvements of what they really. I know because like. they had to be looking horrifying and just whatever. <laughs> can you can you paint it with less syphilis? <laughs> yes. Uh the next one we had was uh, Arcs, which is a, uh, a faction based, fast playing space opera game. Got the board game geek list uh, uh, for this one, and um, yeah, I, I looks cool just from the pictures. It is a three to four player game, which is interesting. I hate three plus player games because if I'm lucky, I can only find one other player. And uh, yeah, you're in the final days of a decaying empire. You take the role of the last regis of a once proud state. That stretched to the furthest worlds of the reach faced with an encroaching blight that threatens the outer planets players must balance the integrity of their homelands with their own ambitions and who makes this this is coming from leader games the okay same people as root yeah yeah well i mean that's the whole reason why i mentioned it it has rick rich's personal friend uh cole worley it is Worley. Yeah, right? oh. my personal friend. Your close personal friend, Cole Worley. Oh, it's the same kind of artwork, too, as uh -huh. Root and I... as Fort that I played. Yeah, thought it was cool. Same artist, yeah. So, you know, this is going to be neat. I'm. Is, is it going to be kickstarted? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It could be a whole thing. So, I don't know. Mm -hmm. a lot of discussion on that and damn it I've been wanting to do a YouTube thing because I want it to be the thing people reference when they talk about like bitching about Kickstarter like well have you seen Adam's take from Chance of Gaming Podcast and they just drop it in the thing and boom minds are blown but uh, I'll probably do that once school's out so we'll see anyway uh, the next thing we had was Mordifius I can Modifius. Yeah, I can't pronounce that mm -hmm. either. Is bringing us uh, Discovery as a campaign guide. And I am super fucking excited. I low-key wanted to do Star Trek Adventures. You know, it, it seems pretty neat. They actually have some miniature um, combat rules as well, which are available for free. But the fact that they let you campaign in the Discovery universe is just really neat. And I fucking love that's, it. That's Captain Janeway, right? Uh, no, sir. That is... Um, oh. That's Cadet Tilly. Oh, Lieutenant, oh, Lieutenant Tilly, yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And uh, I'm embarrassed. I've, I've loved it. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm really excited. This will be the probably the first uh, Star Trek RPG stuff I bought. Well, physical, anyway, because I, I bought the rule book off drive through and, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited. Anyway, so the next thing we had on What's On Your Radar is Dungeoneers. This oh, is, yeah. yeah, this is a game you can play on your iPad, Steam, or in <laughs> your own browser. I thought, so, it, yeah. Couple weeks ago, when Adam, <laughs> you you didn't show up for our last recording, Roy and I were playing this game while we were waiting for you. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, tell me about it. So you, you could play it like together, or 
No, no, just separately. But we okay. were both playing online and talking about it. So I didn't well, I didn't a, go any further kind of into it than the free sort of intro. Did you, Roy? No. OK, no. but yeah, I mean, it, you know, you had to click on stuff and you move your guy around and try to increase your weapons. It, it was a little web game. I'm not sure how how advanced it gets later on, but it was interesting. Fun yeah, little time killer. Okay, that's really cool. I, I want to give it a shot. You'll see this linked in the show notes. I'm fascinated by these little... Um, I think there's a name for them, but I can't quite think of it. it it's, it's not an MMO. It's an online RPG, but it's just kind of like you versus... But anyway, so I'll have a link in the show notes. So. The next, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a web-based game from what I can tell, so... Yeah. Uh, so the next thing I had was I probably should have linked this with the right after Discovery. Modifius has a kind of a uh, legion, a Roman legion. It's, it's called Cohort. Oh, fuck. God, I should, cannot believe I can't pronounce shit. Pronounce that. How do you say that? Cohorts? Cthulhu. Cohort. Cohort Cthulhu. And it's like Roman Empire versus Cthulhu, which, I mean, that's kind of neat. Although, I think I would want much modern weaponry instead of a little short sword, but here we are. You know, but, you know, when the Car Carginia uh, Carthinians just, like, sprout tentacles and they tried to get me, what am I going to do? So, kind of unique. It's a neat, nice little version of... Uh, Call of Cthulhu, and uh, yeah, kind of, it's original. I'll give them that for sure. So, we'll continue to follow that and see how it goes. The next thing we had was Dungeon Morphs, which I think I ended up backing. Let me click on this. No! Got ten days to go. Gonna back this. Yeah, because I'm fascinated by dungeon dice and cards and all this good stuff. This seems really cool. They wanted a measly fifteen grand, and as of this podcast recording, they have received fifty-four thousand dollars and fifty-four thousand eighty-two dollars is what they got. So you can back it at various levels. You get your and design your own little dungeons and all this fun stuff. And yeah, here we go. Does this? I mean, okay. Does this interest you guys at all? Just curious. Yeah, that's interesting. It's so. Is it basically for um, inspiration of, or is there actually a game and? No, is it, what's a, it's just app design dice cars and inspiration. Yeah, okay. I, I mean it's basically like okay, your local group, you're wanting to put them through a dungeon and you don't want to like design it or whatever, so you roll the dice and you stick them all together or you draw the cards and here you go and there you go. It's kind of it's like, like, a, like story cubes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about story cubes. I, I've seen it, but I have not played it. I mean, it's not even much of a game. It's more of an activity, really. It's just there are a bunch of dice you roll, and they each have a picture on them, and you just that that sort of game, if you want to call it that, is just to line up the dice in whatever order you want and make a make a quick little story based on the pictures that came up on the die roll. Okay, so like. Chaos, Dice, and Foot, and Alien. So the Chaos Gods came to Earth and brought aliens, and I kicked their ass. 
Yep, something like that. All right, nice, mm -hmm. nice. Okay, that's a, that's good. That's acceptable. <laughs> uh, the next thing we had was uh, Warzone Eternal is coming. Honestly, Warzone is a really old game. It's just as old as 40k, and it comes from Mutant Chronicles. I think. Well, Modifius had the uh, IP for it. I'm not sure where it's going now because they're clearing out all their stuff. Somebody else will publish it. But uh, it was a skirmish-based uh, game, a and so with miniatures and all this good stuff. I remember back in the early '90s, but yeah, and uh, I guess it's relaunching by Resnova whatever company has this, so it's an officially licensed skirmish miniature game set in the Techno Fantasy Mutant Chronicles universe. Might be cool? Uh, might not be. So, I'm just gonna bring it to your attention, and we'll go from there. So, Resnova Games is local to me in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Really? So Semi-local, I guess. So, you could go yeah. knock on their door like, so, I, hey, I heard you got that, yeah, uh, heard you got that IP. Let me, let me hear about them meeting caracals up there. Okay, know. so, um... See, coming to Kickstarter on May 17th. Oh, that's, um, that's which, what, a couple of days as of this podcast. Right? So, yeah, I clicked through to Resnova Games, the website. Um, focus campaign. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm reading as... or I'm, I'm digesting this as we go. Uh, brand new miniatures for the forces of Bauhaus, Capital, Cybertronic, Imperial, Mishima, and the Dark Apostle, Algoroth. Most of these sets of miniatures will include all the components necessary to build your models from multiple unit types with a range of weapon options. So we're looking at a skirmish game here. <laughs> okay, I mean, honestly, that's how I wanted my miniature game to be, so there you go. Alright, so, so the next thing we had was Die. RPG is coming. And apparently it's based on a comic book, and I've never heard of this. Have you guys heard of it? Nope. Nope. Okay. It's it's on Kickstarter. It's, well, I mean, it must be popular, because as of this podcast, they wanted uh, $36,000. They're currently up to $276,000, so I'm guessing it has a fan base. I hmm. actually uh, bought the first uh, volume <coughs> off Comixology and haven't read it yet, so I don't know. Just curious. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, this is one of those things the, that I'm like, well, maybe I don't know about it because I'm old. So The comic it's based on is occasionally... Yeah, but you're the youngest of us three. So. <laughs> that is true. I am the youngest of you guys, so like, if I don't know what it is, you guys damn sure don't know what it is, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. You kids... <laughs> goth jumanji goth jumanji okay i'd buy that the comic it's based on is referred to as goth jumanji yeah because i i think it's like they end up you know how you know how it goes you know you go to play your role-playing game and you get sucked into the actual world you created i mean less like every other tuesday around here so there you go <laughs> uh the next thing we had was dark dungeons the movie which is a actual movie based on the Jack Chick track. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. I am, yeah. Isn't yeah. it out? Isn't the film, hasn't the film been out for a long time? Yes, but, again, this is what's on your radar. 
it this just came on my radar so it's here but yes you are absolutely yeah. correct it's been out a while but this is the first i've heard of it so, yeah i remember seeing this on reddit a few years ago i just <laughs> want to see the death of blackleaf you know where it's like oh no, Black <laughs> how does she die does she die epically or was it just a botched scroll that's all i want to know so have y'all ever seen uh, Mazes and Monsters? Uh, the the made-for-TV movie? never actually seen the movie. I've seen parts of it. I really, it's on YouTube. I really want yeah. to watch it, especially because it's like one of Tom Hanks' first movies. <laughs> yes, yes. And I it's, mean... Uh, yeah, it was... I remember seeing it on television back in the day. So that shows how old I am. I think it came out in, like, 82. I wanted to, like, show it to my local tabletop club. Like, hey, let's have a night, you know, opposite from our, you know, uh, gaming night where we watch mm-hmm. this bullshit satanic panic movie. And just do, like, an MST3K kind of thing? Yeah, it would just be funny to watch and laugh, you know. It'd be cool. But... So the, the, the maze controller... Is there kind of their term for the dungeon master in, in Aces and Monsters? That's okay. Uh, that played by an... that. I just Sorry, want, I just want to say that's hysterical. The that is a long way to go around and not say dungeon master. Yeah, maze controller. So the um, the the character or the that character was played by an actor by the name of Chris Makepeace. Uh, have you heard of him before? That name sounds. I've familiar. heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. So in Mazes and Monsters, in every scene, he wears a different hat. Like in one scene, he's wearing like a like an aviator, like a leather fur-lined cap. And in another one, he's wearing a cowboy hat. And so like every episode or every scene is a different hat. Because that shows that he's like quirky and, and uh, you know, a, a little bit unpredictable. Huh. That's what I remember from that show that movie was just how kind of um, very cartoonish the, the characters were. Alright, now I really want to watch it and see the uh, multiple hats. So, hmm. Yeah, I believe it's on I'm pretty sure it's on uh, YouTube, or it was. Yeah, yeah, it should be available. So, uh, the next thing we had was 40k is actually bringing the horse heresy into an affordable you know, out of uh, Forge World into more affordable into your local shop with the uh, Age of Darkness box set. And, I mean, I, I mean, there isn't much to say more than that. I like the idea of it because it's, you know, you can play Chaos, quote-unquote, with much less demons and bullshit and whatever. So, anyway. It's coming. So are these going to be, these are models then? Yeah, well, it's a box set. It's in plastic. Okay. It's still g- oh, probably going to be okay. around 200 bucks, but, you know, Mm-hmm. All right, so Gen Con's coming, and Roy, you're going. Yes, I'm going to Gen Con. The nice. uh, day was was event uh, selection, I, and well, I, I I had six things on my wish list, and I got two. I, I've got Iron Eyes Cody tears right now. It's it, I'm crying. <laughs> I'm so fucking sad. That, oh, because you're you're working, right? Yes, because the the bullshit job I have, I can't actually make it. I'm super sad. Oh. So, it's all right though, you know. I, I, look. I really wanted to get into a Gaslands game, but I, and but that was, I it was all sold out once I got to really? my my spot of mine. 
Yeah, there were only four events of Gasland, so I don't know. Maybe they'll add more. Hmm. But anyway, I'm going to Gen Con, so come to Gen Con and yell at me in person. Yeah. And when is that? End of July? Yeah, I uh, know. Beginning of, well, August uh, <sighs> three, the three, first four, five, six, week seven. of August okay. when I have to go yeah. back to work. Ugh. I'm so annoyed. I'm like, really? Fucking really? Well, can I have off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? No. All right. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, on to actual news, and this shouldn't be news. It should be back into uh, what's in your radar. The Chronicles of Ramlar. I put this on here because this is a role-playing game published by White Silver Publishing, and it was created, published, and offered for sale in Mississippi. So, there you go. I remember, uh, like, uh, seeing it at only local conventions and stuff like that. And, yeah, just fascinating to me, you know. that That's where it came from. It was conceived of in Mississippi. You can actually, I have this linked in the show notes, and you can actually, I think you can get the world guide off of Drive Through RPG for, like, two bucks. So, you know, I don't know. I remember those guys you know, way back when, when I was young, and, yeah, so, anyway. Moving on. The next thing was uh, the future of Beyond the Gates of Antares, which is the futuristic version of Bolt Action, and uh, Warlord is kind of pushing it off to another company. So, I honestly think this is a good thing. You know, another company will, you know, kind of, more or less focus on it and not have to worry about other things like, you know, different games and whatnot. So, you know, it's here. So, yeah. So that is like a plus. It's super yay. And uh, we go from there. So, anyway. You said super what? It's super good. Super yay. Good. Okay. Super yay. Not super, <laughs> oh. not super gay. Super okay. yay. <laughs> All so, right. Sorry, I just. I, I mean, that was the news. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, look, the Y is right next to the G on the keyboard, but it's super yay. So there you go. All right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> you guys come to us for industry gossip, and well, here's a big one. So this, see, the company CSL and Blue Panther have split their ways, and uh, okay. I, it's always funny to me when companies and or individuals that are kind of big take to a public forum like Board Game Geek and kind of air their dirty laundry. It's, yeah, it's, it usually doesn't go well. No, it, it seems like it's super petty, where it's just like, ah, you, can you believe this? We have all these customers and blah, 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 blah. They're just, they hate children and blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, Alright, so Blue Panther is not publishing CSL games, and it's this this whole thing, this whole, you know, a whole reason why, this, that, and the other, and it is a giant two-page board game geek discussion that we'll link in the show notes. I think the, when this was first brought to my attention, and people, I, I fucking love how people just send this to me, uh, they'll PM me. Or email chance of gaming at gmail and like ah, hey you guys love to talk about this shit so here you go and so <laughs> i stick my big fucking head in like i don't know who these people are I'm like well i know who blue panther is but i i don't know who well, we found our niche yeah 
So we're just here. We are. We're gonna talk shit. You know, just blah blah blah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, fuck these guys. You know, just whatever. Have you guys ever actually heard of CSL? I uh, have no idea. No, nope. no, not until this. <laughs> they I, put themselves on our radar. I know they did. So it's like, eh, okay, what what is this? And it it's kind of like uh, it it is war games, right? I, it's Hex Encounter, I think, is what CSL is doing. Well, I mean, it's Consim, Consim Limited, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, I mean, Blue Panther does, you know, they do all the Holland Spiel games and uh, some other stuff. I've actually met them at the last Siege of Vicksburg. The guy was, like, super nice and uh, whatnot. And, yeah, I hope to see him back. And there you go. So, uh, yeah, this is, like, a big thing. It's, it's the whole thing. And I'll, I'll post this stuff and kind of let you uh, draw your own conclusions to whether or not you think this that and the other yeah so there we go all right so the next thing we had is from big board gaming and it's a discussion of mmp so have you read this richard i have not but i know kev okay but i haven't read this so Uh so this is kind of like a eh, i mean it's more or less a discussion of like you know pricing I mean, the guy says he professes his love of MMP, but I think we're seeing a combination of things happening here. They're going to push most of their titles out of the reach of the average wargamer budget. I mean, I mean, yeah, shit is happening. That's for sure. Costs are increasing every fucking. Everything year. is expensive right now. Gas is four twenty nine a gallon in St. Louis. Oh, that's insane. Shit, it's like four oh five here, man. That's terrible. Yeah. So, but I mean, the point, the fact of the matter is, inflation is high everywhere, and you know, it's 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 all going to get passed along. So, you know so, who did that? Vladimir Putin. I heard it certainly didn't I help. Heard, I heard not it that other guy. Kinda, I, th- this show is going to go on record as saying that Putin is a jackass. I heard it was Joe <laughs> Biden. I heard he did that. That's all I heard. You see so, the stickers. So, yeah, I've seen stickers that then, said I did that. It was a picture of yep. Joe Biden, right there. So we're staking out another position here. Then we're 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 against the burning of children, and. Vladimir Putin is a jackass. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, All right. Number okay. one, we are against. Harold on Games has not said either of those things, as I, far as yeah, I know. I, I know. I know. And you know, uh, uh, bedazzled fedora hasn't said anything either. <laughs> but yes, we are against the burning of children, and we are against Vladimir Putin. So there you go. We're the only <laughs> Which ones. Those two things kind of go together. We have only made this this stand. <laughs> You know, so, yeah. I mean, essentially, this is a short little article that talks about, like, yeah, I mean, shit is happening. Niche kind of stuff like this is going to suffer. I mean, uh, it it costs a lot to get a board game printed, and it really is a problem when, you know, you get into shipping. I really, really wish that board games counted as media mail. Look, I know when I sell shit on eBay or Facebook, whatever, I, you know, I sell, I, I ship that shit media mail. I don't give a fuck. But companies can't do that because <laughs> there's a book in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yes, that's true. I mean, honestly, the definition of media mail, and I've looked this up, is quote unquote instructional materials. 
So, you know, I, I hate they can't take advantage of that because big board games like this are super fucking expensive. And so you've got this big-ass board game. It's costing 100 dollars and then you're going to have to pay, like, 26 fucking dollars to have it shipped. So, I mean, I get that. It sucks, but I don't know what to think about it. So, there you go. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, Wizards of the Coast announced a Spelljammer. Finally, after so many people making jokes and all this shit and whatever, and yeah, it's coming. Seems like every time they ask, like, what is the one thing that you want, that Spelljammer is always the one that comes up. Yeah, it's either that or Planescape, for sure. So what do you guys think of that? I'm curious. Uh, I mean, Spelljammer's not the top of my list, but that's fine. People obviously no. want that. I've never actually played Spelljammer, so. Neither have I. Although, um, uh, a friend was looking for a reason to get it, so I guess I'm going to be playing Spelljammer here eventually. I, I mean, for me, it's uh, just being young and going into the local shop and seeing that kind of stuff on the shelf and just being fascinated by the concept of magic, but it's also science. It, you're in space. Mm -hmm. You have a magic spaceship. That just blew my fucking mind as a kid. Like, holy fuck, how did that even happen? What is this shit? I don't get it. What, you know, just blew my mind. And so I've always been fascinated by Spelljammer. And I recently... Giant Space Hamsters. I, yeah, I recently published the... Uh, recently bought the drive through RPG rules for their uh, miniature combat game. And so with this new release for Spelljammer, I'm going to be able to buy the miniatures that I need to play that game. So, yay. That's really cool. I'm excited. And also, what I can't believe they did, it was like, okay, guys, here's Spelljammer. Shut the fuck up. You've been wanting it forever. Also, hey, here's Dragonlance coming from 5th edition. It's like, what? I can't believe you did both those big-ass releases in the same thing. <laughs> but, yeah. I would, I would like to have uh, Dark Sun over either one of these, actually. Yeah, that'd be my first choice as well. Yep. I get Dragonlance, that. I actually did play a little bit, and I read at least some of the books. It's been so long. I mean, it's been, after, what, 30, 40 years? Um, so I don't remember, but I do... The thing I remember about Dragonlance playing it was I just... I thought it was weird that you were playing the characters from the book rather than playing your own character in that universe. Hmm. That was uh, that was Tracy Hickman putting his foot down and saying no. Yeah, it has to be my characters. Yeah, and I always I always thought that was a little weird, but okay. And I that's a good segue into kind of the problems with this release is all right. So number one, the original creators of Spelljammer are not involved in this release, and no one gave a shit. But. Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman are not involved in the new Dragonlance release, and people are fucking mad. So, there you go. And, and you know, I saw I saw the discussion on Reddit or whatever where people are like, well, you know, I don't get this versus that. And I'm like, well, I mean, I couldn't tell you who the fuck invented, you know, uh, Spelljammer. But I can tell you, I've read every single Dragonlance novel, and it's great, and those two guys... Uh, uh, made that happen. So to release it without their well, involvement really fucking sucks. You know who invented Spelljammer? It was Space 1889. Um. Uh, okay. 
Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> Sorry, can, same, I mean, can I have same general like, idea? I mean, yeah. Can I have like British, you know, guys with their Martin Henry rifles and yeah? Shoot, I've looked. That's a really good system, and it blew up big enough to have like its own like twenty three novels and audio books and all this shit. And I don't know what the fuck happened. It's just it's gone. So there you go. I have a friend that's a fan of Space 1889, and he looked on the Gen Con catalog. There was one event. So, weird. Yeah. Where did it go? Damn you guys going to Gen Con. Oh, I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm going to be... Oh, I was, I'll stop bringing it up. I'm going to be educating fucking children and shit and just, ugh, just whatever. Anyway, I'm going to be mad. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be sitting there with my arms crossed like, fuck these. Mm, just, mm, yeah. 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 All yeah. right. So, uh, the next thing was Dungeons and Dragons Onslaught. Why is this a big deal? That the fact that it's a hundred and forty-seven fucking dollars uh, retail price. It's got rule books, scenarios. It's got some painted miniatures that will not, absolutely not, look like what they do in the uh, advertisement. And uh, yeah, is this just like a new way to play D and D? I mean, this is a, it's a skirmish game, right? It's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this well, is like based the, on fourth edition or, or what the, the genesis of this no, is, it, but it's going to be fifth. It's I a standalone game. It's going to be fifth. Yeah. But, this but it's is, like the, the box games that they had, what the Strahd and the other one that, that came out. Well, I mean, that's the initial look at it, but it is honestly supposed to be like a rebirth of the old. Um, D and D miniatures uh, game. You remember they did oh, okay. basically a collectible miniature game, and then they had tournaments based on you know whatever you yeah. It's basically mm-hmm. that's coming back, but I don't know if it's going to be random or not. But yeah, here we are. It's it's coming back. So I, well, I was going to say I saw that in early August that there's a event I'm going to that has. Uh, the miniature events to go to. I guess that's what it is. I yeah. mean, shit. I don't know. That's, I mean, 150 bucks though, to get into this. Now, granted, you do get some really fucking nice miniatures in it, at least. I don't know how they're going to they're gonna be painted like shit. I'm going to go ahead and say that. But, you get the actual miniatures. That dragon looks really cool and, and whatnot, so there you have it. So, Alright. So, uh, the next thing we had, be only because I am absolutely obsessed with 1970s uh, crime movies and television shows, there is, I'm going to have this linked in the show notes, here is a random rolling table for uh, 1970s crime movie RPGs. Like, if you need an hmm. adjective, you need an NPC, it's, it's all there. It's, uh, yeah, locations, all that good stuff, it is there. There you go. And, uh, yeah. So, All right. You know, if you've seen Death Wish, if you've seen, uh, you know, a hundred other things and whatnot, yeah, it'll be there for you. Oh, Quirk quotes the Bible all the time. Yes. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the, the something, something, yeah. The path of the um, righteous man is beset on all sides by the, inequ- the tyranny and the inequity of, oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, it's great. Whatever. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Samuel it's, it's Jackson. Not, yeah, 
I could and look that, it up. That line is not quite the same, but I mean, it's it's the same sentiment, I, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so um, the next thing we had was I really fucking appreciate that uh, Wizards of the Coast went all out for Pride Month. Have you guys seen these? No. Look, I have to fucking... I have to have a copy of Bearscape. Click on it. Look at it. Look at Bearscape. <laughs> I have to have that. Bearscape. Yes. Alright. Oh, I'm so they, for it here. they did four cards for Pride Month. It's like, number one... Eh, you know, that's, that's pretty generic. Uh, number three, eh, whatever, that doesn't even look gay. Oh. <laughs> number four, eh, okay, that could be just whatever. You, number two is gay as hell, and it's awesome. <laughs> it is so yep. fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I have to have that. It's fan-fucking-tastic. That is great. Bearscape, which you exile two cards from your graveyard, create a 2-2 green bear creature token, and yes, it's a bunch of bears. Yes, it's fucking fantastic. My hat's off to you, Hasbro, for actually having the balls to do that. You know, I say that. Hey, Tony, but, let me feed you some more grapes. I know, I know. It's like, you know, I say that. It's like you have <laughs> the balls to do that. But the reality is you're a multi-billion dollar company. What the fuck are they going to do? It's like, oh, I'm going to. Oh, yeah. I'm going to buy, I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, not buy My Little Pony stuff because they have that gay bears in there. Oh, what is that? In that game, I don't play. So, well, they're going yeah, to the, sure. be on the woke list now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're always there. So, anyway. Put your bullshit boycott on Facebook. I dare you. Mm. All right, so the last thing we had was an update for the Kings of War role-playing game which actually I think it funded two or three years ago. But looks like it is DOD or DOA, Dead on Arrival. Um, Department of Defense? Ah, yeah, that's true. That Them too. I mean, it's a tale as old as time. It's like you go to kickstart something and the IP collapses or gets sold to somebody else and you, but it doesn't matter because you didn't have the money to do it anyway. And uh, there you go. So, what's the moral of the story, kids? Don't fucking kickstart stuff. So, there you go. Didn't happen. All those people are out. Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Like, looking at this, it is... How much money are we talking here? Uh, 22,000 pounds, whatever yes. that means. Yeah, 22,000 pounds. Sorry, kids. You're fucked. You, you don't... You lost that money. You should have just set it on fire, flushed it down the toilet. That's what you get for kickstarting stuff. So, there you go. <laughs> and, oh, look, kids. All right. It's okay to kickstart stuff like Warline. Why? Because that is an independent publisher. He's never done anything. You know, so you, you can give him your money, and he's going to create something. But if you back something with an established IP, fucking why? Because, I mean, it's going to come to retail anyway. Or it's not like this right here. So, you know, at least if, you know, Warline didn't happen, you'd be like, well, it's just an independent publisher. Okay, I get that. It sucks. But it's just fucking wrong. 
for somebody like this to have an IP, have the rights to an IP, to publish something like this and not do it. That's just bullshit. So, there you go. Anyway. So, uh, I guess that's the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for actually um, emailing me or messaging me on Facebook and making sure I'm okay. And uh, we're doing a show again. Like, hey, I haven't heard anything in a while. It's been about a month. You know, what's what's Roy up to? Everybody wants to know. And what? Okay, Richard, what do you think Roy? Fan, Nobody wants. What, uh, Richard? What are Roy fans called? They have to have a Roy name. fans. Yes. Roy uh, Ligans. Oh. What about Woodman? Uh, I think I like Woodman. Roy, Roy Toys. Woodman. Roy Toys. Yes, that's it. Fucking Roy Toys. The Roy Toys. That's my. That's my my internet handle in various places. Roy to- the Roy Toys were wondering what's going on. They wanted <laughs> to know, you know, they're, they're, they're standing Roy, as the kids say nowadays, and they just wanted to know what it was like. Well, I know that there's at least two, but that's yeah. probably about it. I mean, look, we have tens of listeners, damn you. It's it's a whole thing. Yep. Yeah, you can't absolutely this. Tens of listeners. And yep. So, all right, so, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we're done and I'll edit this tomorrow and probably probably post it. That's a good, reasonable you know, expectation that it will be up there. And yeah, episode eighty-six, it'll be there. So there you go. I'm I'm gonna sing us out here, okay? Go for it. Tale as old as time, true as it can be. Barely even friends, then somebody bends unexpectedly. Just a little change, small to say the least. Both a little scared, neither one prepared. Beauty and the copyrighted Disney. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) What? I guess your carpets are red for today. What happened? I'm going to paint on it.